Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, I am bringing on, yes, yet another new co-host for you. And uh, this gentleman's got a heck of a background. We are definitely going to have some very healthy, fit conversations for you all today because I'm loving where he's coming from here. This gentleman helps growth-minded, married men live happier, more connected, more fulfilled lives. And I'm engaged, so I'm about to be married, so this would be helpful for me. Uh, he does this with his immersive coaching program that helps men show up powerfully in their marriage and in their health and their business, which we talk about this show as well, and in their purpose. So I want to focus on that purpose, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, his unique approach helps strip away the clutter, both internally and externally. It's stopping men from showing up daily as the greatest and grandest version of who they are for themselves, their family, and their legacy. So a little few tidbits on him. He's a husband. He's a father. He's an adventurer like myself. Best-selling author. I got to get onto that chapter yet. Ultra marathoner. I've only done a marathon, so he's got me beat on that too. Lifestyle physical therapist and a legacy coach, as I've already hinted at. So without further ado, Armando Cruz, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you for having me. You have a lot going on. <laughs> I am. Yeah. There's there was more here. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I can also I can tag in here. He has he and I have things in common. Climbing mountains. I've hiked a lot of fourteeners. He's run over fifty miles in a day in swamps filled with snakes and alligators. You've lived out of your car. I've sort of done that here and there, maybe not full time. Uh, I'm I suck at rollerblading, and I've attempted surfing, not very good at it. Maybe not in hurricanes. Yeah, you're sound a little crazy there. And uh, and I'm definitely not a father, and that's your biggest adventure you have noted in your bio here, man. So let's 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 catch up for our audience here. What you you got some birthday fun this weekend, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'll be 38. Uh, my mom, we're celebrating her birthday, her 60th. Her birthday's on the 15th of February. All right. So, does, so yeah. does does mom listen to podcasts uh, as she as she enters into her 60th decade? You know, I. I don't think so. She doesn't really <laughs> listen to podcasts, but she is one of the most, she's one of the most efficient people. Like if you want something done, my mom, it doesn't matter how many things she has juggling. Mm -hmm. She can, she figures out a way. It, oh, yeah. It's it's mind blowing. She's that kind of person. It's interesting. I um, like my parents were early sixties. I hinted up before we start recording today. And I don't think in that generation, they called it multitasking. I think you hit it on the nail on the head there as far as like, there's like an efficiency thing, man. They just flow. It just happens. I don't know what it is. It's not multitasking. It's just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what they did. That's what they called it. Yeah, get no, it there's no excuses. You just, hey, right. here's the work. Get it done. I love that. Right. Yeah. And actually, that's a great thing that, so you and I are very close in generations here. We're only two years apart. So it's it's interesting to have that kind of influence, I think, in our childhood by getting us to where you and I have gotten to today. I mean, we've got a, a lot of interesting things cross cross functionally here in common. But and you've definitely kicked some butt here as far as you know, launching author of the Legacy Code. Uh, a quick little tag there for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he is an author. Okay, the the book is the Modern Man's Guide to Escape Obscurity and Live a Life Unleashed. So, uh, now would you say that your parenting has led and influenced some of that? Well, my parents. Yeah, your parents. Did, my parents, yes, my parents definitely influenced a lot of that, it, specifically my father, because I, I mean, I wrote this book 
specifically for men, though the principles apply to everyone. In fact, the only comment that I got, because I have probably 50-50% of the people, 50% of the people that have uh, read the book are women. Hmm. And the only complaint that I that I've gotten is, hey, but you say this is for men, but this works great for women too. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. understand, but <laughs> this is a marketing thing. I specifically work with men. Yes. So I wrote this book for men and I wanted them like women can do a really good job of saying, yeah, I can take this. Whereas men, they're like, nah, that's not talking to me. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I wanted it to be that specific. So I wrote it for men because I believe if men show up more powerfully in their, in their health, in their, in their relationships, in their, in their business or their job or how they're contributing to this world, I feel like the world would transform to a much better place. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's, it's interesting how, again, if we, we if you and I reflect back over just a d- the decade shift, 10s, 20s, 30s, it, it, you've, you definitely morph over your lifetime. And uh, I'm very intrigued on this because I like I told you before we start recording today, I literally had this discussion with my other co-host, Travis, yesterday when we recorded. And it's just interesting how our thought demographic changes. Um, and I really... I really do want to kind of focus on this. I'm interested to see how you'd respond. Um, it age is only a number, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not saying you got to wait until you're 38 or 40, like myself, to have this epiphany. Uh, I think it's the putting in the self work and getting that self realization that through life experience you can unlock a lot of this. I don't know where where are you at on that subject. Uh- Look, life experience is all about it. That being said, right? So I, I, I like to call myself a connoisseur of experiences. Mm. I'm all for immersing myself in experiences. Now, part of this is my personality, right? I am one of these guys that loves that immersive experience. Get me an immersive experience and I come out a better person. Mm. Uh, if you're just talking at me and you're not really showing me, I'm a very kinesthetic person. I need to be able to feel my way through things as well. Um, That's why the immersive experiences work so well for me. So part of, part of being 20 is that you've only experienced what you've experienced because you've only had 20 years on this earth. So I think instead of thinking of rushing it, think of, instead of thinking that you know it all at that point, you understand that there's more to learn and there's more to unpack as life goes on. And so think of it more as something to look forward to and not that you can't gain any insight prior, but it's just different stages have different uh, focuses. Mm. You know, your twenties have a completely different focus. If you're going to college, then maybe your thirties where you're trying to establish yourself and level of stability in your life. It's a very different time. And I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice to jumping it because you miss really important parts. So what do you say by jumping as far as trying to rush it, right? Yeah, I, I'll give you I'll give you an example. When I was um I I was I have changed a lot since since college. And I changed because of this one instant. All my life my father, my mom, my mother always tell me, "Hey, you know, work hard, study hard, and whatever you want, you'll you'll be able to achieve it eventually." Right? I think I think I heard so, the same thing. Right. So in my mind, I was always that that really kind of square square kind of guy. I, you know, everything by the book. Every you know, follow the rules. Everything. And so, 
in my mind, I said, okay, great. If I can finish college faster, that means I can get started with work. If I can get started with work, that means I'll be at life. You know, mm. I'll, I'll start my life at that point. So what happens? I finished college in three years. I ran college track and cross country at the university. A quick I pause on that. You finished college in only three years? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I, <laughs> I think finished. that's important to pause on. <laughs> yeah. I finished in three years because I was like, okay, if I finish faster, that means I get to start my master's faster, which means I finish faster. Mm. And so my head, I had to check off all these boxes. Okay. What, what happens? You know, I did my undergrad in the general um, degree was exercise and sports science. Nice. But my specialty was in athletic training. I had, I'm a, a, at that time I was a licensed certified athletic trainer and I wanted to do my master's in exercise physiology. Okay. And, um, so what ends up happening, make a long story short, I wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill and in G UNC Chapel Hill, the guy who writes all the athletic training books or the more important ones, mm -hmm. his name is, uh, I think Prentice Hall, Okay. Prentice or Hall. I don't know which one, one or the other is there. It's two. Anyways. He was a professor there at UNC Chapel Hill. Everybody trying to get in there is one of the most competitive athletic training programs to get into. Okay. I didn't want to go to athletic training. I wanted to go exercise physiology. Huh. But the workaround that people found was apply for exercise physiology. Once you're at school, you once you're in, like they, they don't kick you out unless you did something wrong. True. So they would change their majors as a, when they were a master's in their master's program, they would change and then they would come in through the back door. Oh. So when they saw my background, they saw my background, all my letters of recommendation were great, but they had the context of athletic training and they said, Oh, this guy's trying to do the same thing. So they shut me down. They said, no, you didn't get accepted. And I was like, I have almost a 4.0. I had, you know, good scores going in. I had phenomenal recommendations. That didn't make any sense. So I, the reason I know this is because I called, I called them and I said, listen, I don't get it. You know, I was what I do wrong. Yeah. What exactly what I do wrong. Like I checked off all the boxes yeah. I should be in. And they said, well, they told me that they said, oh, this is what they thought you were going to do. And I said, you don't think anybody should have called me. And yeah, I was going to say, this is what you thought I was going to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> give me, give me a chance to at least make my case. Exactly. So that completely destroyed me, to be honest. Like it just, it was, it was at the time, one of the worst things that happened to me, but it became one of the biggest blessings in my life because, because of that, I had this, this frustration and discomfort with where my life was that I ended up leaving for three months, which is when I started, when I lived out of my car mm. with one of my, my, my teammates, and we ran all the national parks throughout the U.S. So we lived out of my car and lived out of a tent for three months, running in Colorado for a month. And now these and weren't events; these were just you guys wanting to run the parks. Yeah, 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 okay. exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, think, that's, I think that's important to clarify. Like that's a lifestyle choice, right? Like it's <laughs> it's like okay, well, yeah, I can understand that if there was like a circuit of events you wanted to compete in. Like no, 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 you guys just say you know let's let's just go sleep and camp and. Let's rock yeah. every one of our, this nation's most amazing national parks. I wanted to emphasize that because I don't know if you know my entire background, but obviously I worked for the U.S. Forest Service for a couple of years as a hotshot wildland firefighter. And I, that was my gateway into like, we get done fighting a wildfire. 
and we're driving back to our home base in Arizona because we were shipped all over the nation to the big ones. And that's, that was the life of a hotshot. So then like, we had a really good superintendent. He's like, Oh, we're only like, you know, 50 miles out of the way of the Yellowstone. Let's just reroute through there. So you guys get a taste. And I was like, yes, like, this is great. Like I'm I'm on my, my, my federal dime of tax money and I get to go see a cool park. You guys, man, like, how about we just go live out of our car camp and run them all. (laughs) Right. Right. We would go stop by a ranger station. Actually, Yellowstone, now that you bring that one up, was the only park that the rangers uh, really did not encourage us. In fact, they tried to dissuade us from running. Now, was that because of wildlife? Yeah. 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 That was the only one. Granted, we still ran. But like every other one, we're like, okay, hey, we want to run 12 miles, 16 miles, 20 miles. What are some good trails to go through? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, come through here. This, this, and this. This one, they're like, wait, wait, you're going to run? No, yeah. no, no. If you want, you can hike, but don't run. So now, you know, we're city we're city boys, you know, from Miami, down <laughs> south, born and raised. Uh, my buddy and I, and he's freaking out because they're like, no, you, you don't understand. You can't do that because they're grizzly bears. You're going to look like prey. Yeah. And there was this one run that was 16 miles. We were going to do it on this closed access road that it's only open seasonally. And so we're like, great. It's a dirt road that we can take for 16 miles. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's clearly marked. You're not going to get lost. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I'm convincing my buddy. I'm like, hey, nothing's going to happen. We'll be okay. We pull up to the trailhead of this road. And sure enough, there's a massive sign with a big grizzly bear like this over some guy that's like this scared be under him and it says danger beware of grizzly bears now i'm trying to 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 reconvince them that it's okay to do the run i was gonna say the visual stimulation when you guys pull up probably not that great for you convincing him right now no, it's like uh what about that giant sign right there <laughs> <laughs> nah that's more of a suggestion You're like listen there's a it's a it's a marketing thing they want you to get excited about yellowstone and their grizzlies <laughs> right exactly so we end up running that run we see a bear luckily no issues but uh it was quite the adventure <laughs> so, well it's interesting because like when we were yellowstone we were just driving through it and then 2011 uh, we had gotten shipped up to Montana for a big fire, and that's there's some remote territory up there. I'm guessing you guys hit Glacier up there, and we didn't get near Glacier, but it's that's a beautiful park. Just the photographs. I've so. heard. I haven't been out to Glacier. We didn't go. We went from there, and we cut across all the way to to Oregon. Okay. We went across. So we 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 missed Glacier, but it's on my. Everybody own. misses Glacier. Even we miss Glacier. Like we were stationed up there, not in glacier but not you know not too far away i'm like hey guys can we just reroute through that and they said well that's actually north that's actually away from our home base so we can't really justify that on the on the government <laughs> dime um but i will tell you when we were stationed there that was the first time in two years where they said hey uh you gotta everybody tonight we're gonna be sleeping near the vehicles so as hot shots like we camped all the time and we always we, we would drive if there was a fire camp we would drive into fire camp check in resupply uh, go hit the chow lines, get all fed up. And then because like we were doing 16 hours a day, man, that was our shifts, you know, two weeks straight, no days off. So it's like, you got to be rested. You got to be fit. So we said, we do not want to be sleeping in a fire camp. All the regular type two crews, everybody did that. Cause like the, there's bathrooms there, bathroom trucks and all this other stuff. And, but then you hear the generators and the lighting going. Cause like right. these, these are like 
mobile camps they set up in the middle of anywhere just to help support a fire. So, our, you know, the hotshot way that I learned was, nope, you go in, you feed, you restock, and you get the hell out of Dodge. You come back in the morning to feed and resupply again, and then you go you know, out to the fire line. So we would get back in our trucks, drive down the road on our crew carriers, find a field that hopefully we could, you know, park and camp at, and then go out and take your bedroll and sleep under the stars. Yeah, we didn't use tents either. That was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Cowboy we, camping. We, we don't, it. You don't. No, no, no. Well, the other thing was like hot shots, man. We got to be fast. We got to be like fast to turn around. So they personally, they purposely told us like, well, hot shots don't use tents. Like we had them issued, <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, new, new one for me. Cool. Uh, what if it's raining? And they said, well, wildfire doesn't really have a lot of rain. If and when that happens, we'll we'll review that at that time. So I think right. in two years, I think I used my tent three times. <laughs> So, which actually I will tell you, awesome because you're sleeping under the stars. So once you get used to it, it. oh my God, like you want to talk about lifestyle Zen. I mean, how about you guys? I mean, did you use your tent all the time? You know, coming that, that was, it was, uh, and I have video and I have, uh, lots of pictures from it, but one of the, the evolutions in, or the growth of us two, my buddy and I was, originally like we're used to being under the you know behind walls yeah so now we're out there and we had these tents and at the beginning everything we'd always set up tents but then as time went on after like the first six weeks we're like oh we don't need a tent and like we go somewhere and we just oh it's not gonna rain most places because out west it's drier than out east and it takes time to set up and tear down right and it was just so much nicer to be out there and you could see all the stars and it, it just, I prefer it mm-hmm. when I go now. Um, I don't, I, I'll take a time. I mean, I, I live down here in Florida, right? So in Miami, Oh yeah. when I go out, you know, there's rain there, there's, and you got you bugs know, and humidity. Yeah. So if there's no rain forecasted, I'll just put a bug net there you go. just so that you're not going nuts. Oh, the, the best hack is just rocking a bivy. I don't know if you got any, if you have, do you have a nice bivy? No, that's hot, man. Down here. That's hot. That's, <laughs> no, that's hot. true. That's true. I mean, I'm referencing back to the Northwest. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what a bivy is, it's basically, you don't have to go full tent. It's kind of like sliding into a sleeve. I don't know how, I mean, how would you define that Armando? Is that, would you say it's like sliding like a into a sleeve? It's like a cocoon. It's like, it's like a waterproof, it's like a waterproof, um, uh, sleeping bag. Yeah. There you go. And, and, but then we, we'd actually slide the sleep bag into the bivy if it was right. just for that extra layer. And again, this was in the Northwest, not, right. not in the Southeast. So. Not in the swamp, not in the swamps. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. You, you don't really want to sleep in your own sweat puddle, I guess. That's what I'm, that's exactly. what I'm, that's what I'm imagining right now. Right. Right. I mean, is this cool. so like, you kind of just hinted at it. So did this clearly, this brought you and your buddy closer together. Who's your, what's your buddy's name? Johan. Johan. Okay. So you and Johan, man, like this had to like, I mean, nowadays we joke around, people call like, like my best friend, we, we do a lot of crazy stuff together. And like, everybody's like, you guys got a serious bromance going on. I'm like, well, <laughs> if you want to call it a bromance, sure. But in the end, it's like, when you find people that you can connect with and find right. common ground with and grow together with, and, and maybe I'm kind of hinting at what you do with your men's groups and, and, and coaching, but it's like, dude, it's, it's legit. Okay. Right. Uh, as, as men or women, we need that. 
I don't know. I, I mean, am I am I wrong on this? <laughs> I, no, I, I agree 100%. I, I feel that that connection, and that's why I say like in immersive experiences, like one of the things that I do is what I call the fire adventure where we'll take, we'll take a group of men out, we'll hike, you know, we're down here in Florida, so we'll hike for anywhere between five and 10 miles. Nice. And then I, I teach them how to make primitive fire. So within that is laced a whole bunch of uh, lessons that we can take and apply into our life. Mm. Plus it's fun. There's something about kind of creating something primitive that is very bonding because, you know, in primitive life, you didn't survive by yourself. You survived with a tribe. Mm-hmm. And so you start bringing in all these elements plus you're there. And yes, these are all men. I mean, for multiple reasons, when men are together and they're a group, they behave very differently when they're, that they're women. Mm-hmm. The the obvious one, I'm a married man. There's no way I'm going to be sleeping out in the stars with other women. It's just not going to happen. That's true. Right? I don't, I'm not sure if your wife would uh, really approve of right. that. So, <laughs> so socially, it could raise some interesting questions. So. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I, I focus on, on building that cohesion and getting these immersive experience for guys to really peel back the layers Here's actually here's one thing that I th- that I think you'd find very interesting is when you think about most personal development and most growth. What is the thing that that you think about that you feel like you need in order to grow? Hmm. Like, is what is it that you think you need when you think about that? Well, it's interesting because we were talking about generational shifts before. So back in my late twenties, when I was starting to try and figure out this whole self and personal or professional development, I was being driven by different things back then, right? I was doing it to, I don't know, date better. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, I mean, if I fast forward that to my 30s, and obviously, thanks to the firefighting experience, everything else, for me, my trigger point was finding more depth and more awareness of who I was. It wasn't just, yes, I want to level up, right? Like, I'm, I'm very big into professional development. Half my books back here are, you know, ways to level up in business or marketing, but also lifestyle psychology. Like I'm a, I went, I studied psychology when I was in school. So it's, I guess it depends. I mean, right. It, there is no right answer on this one either. I'm guessing is where you're hinting at too, but everybody's driven by a different thing. Right. And, and I guess more to kind of, kind of guide it from this perspective is yes, there is no one thing but there's a lot of information out there and very often we approach it like we're we're missing something mm, we're going to fill in a blank to fill in to to fill in something in here when in reality the the analogy that i give is more of like the story of david of the you know the big sculpt the sculpture oh, yeah. of david but back then was so, a symbol of perfection right so considered one of the most amazing sculptures ever they ask Michelangelo and they're like, Hey, you know, how did you create this masterpiece? He says, well, I just removed everything that wasn't David. And that to me was a big shift because Mm -hmm. too often we think of growth of adding, right? That's true. Acquiring knowledge, right? Acquiring things, knowledge experiences. When in reality, you said it, going deeper with understanding the self, right? Where my big focus is removing, Mm. like the David, 
everything that isn't you so that the masterpiece actually shows up clearly and brighter. It's interesting you're tapping into this because uh, uh, I just aired an episode. Never, ever thought I'd be saying this, but I, I got to have a, co- a co-host come on who is a pretty well-known rabbi. <laughs> and I have zero connectivity to you know, Judaism or rabbis or anything. But uh, you know, I got referred to him. He referred to me, and we, I reached out, and he had a new book coming out called The Joy of Intimacy. And I mean, he's been speaking to couples and men and and people for forty years. This guy got this giant white beard. I mean, this guy's seventy years old, never shaved in his life, just massive, wow. massive rabbi beard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the cool thing he brought up in that episode, uh, that episode was it's connecting what you're talking about, and I'm, that's why I'm vibing on this. Is that uh, we talked a lot about intimacy. And I talked about how, obviously, when I was younger, I was not very intimate. I was very surface, right? I wasn't digging deep into who I was. I wasn't allowing myself to get vulnerable, right? I think some of the depth that you're speaking at, or you and I are both speaking at right now, and whether we're talking about, you know, rabbis focus on, on intimacy in life, not just in romance, right? Not just sexuality, but also your friendships, your family. That's intimacy. Like, he, he really dug deep on it. And, and I, I really connected from the vulnerability standpoint. And I'm interested, I'm guessing some of this comes out in your men's groups and your, your uh, coaching practices is that um, getting us guys who are trying to be what we think everybody else wants us to be uh, back into ourselves, look inward and realize that, you know, again, you're saying shed off what you think everybody wants you to be. And why don't you dig deep and get vulnerable and really figure out who you are? And, and what you want to be in this world. So am I, am I tapping here, man? Am I, am I getting into this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like we wear the mask, we wear the, the, the layers of clothing that portrays certain things. But yes, as you start removing some of that, hmm. some of it is external, but a lot of it is our perceptions that we need to start removing and getting rid of and saying, hey, how can we be honest with ourselves? How can we be truly authentic and actually share that with the world unapologetically. And I'm not talking, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, there, there are a few things that kind of like drive me crazy. Oh, I, um, I definitely want to hear that. Come on. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of things that drive me crazy. <laughs> right. Well, I, I hear, I hear it all the time. You know, I talk to men and they like, yeah, you know, because these are the words, these are the things that society has put on us men. Oh, like you talked about it. And, and, I, and I have an issue with these things when they're not defined, but let's just use the word level up. Oh, yeah. Le- right, I get right. it. Yeah. I understand level up. Um, but very often it, it gets kind of thrown out there, but there's no real definition. Mm. You don't even know where you're standing. How do you know you've reached the next level? Yeah. How could right? you climb if you have no foundation to start from? Right. Right. So whether it's, you know, light it up, uh, level up, you know, reaching the next level, do, you know, uh, grinding. Oh yeah. my goodness. That one kills me or the hustle. There's okay. a whole lot of grinding and, and hustling going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's going on Instagram, man. It's hashtagged everywhere. I use it once right. in a while in the right frame of mind. Right. But if you got it everywhere all the time, I've even been called out. Um, I mean, my brand like live the fuel, it technically stands for live the fired up epic life. And when I first started growing and putting more social media out there, I was like tagging or mentioning fired up and epic all the time. And one of my closest friends is like, dude, stop it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I was like, dude, it's who I am. It's I want to, I want to inspire 
and motivate people that way. And he's like, yeah, but he's like, how often do you use epic in life? Like, that's a pretty strong, powerful word. And I really respected him for calling me out on that. Obviously, at first I took a little offense to it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, the people that are closest to you know you the best. Right. So it's like, wait a minute, maybe I need to just take a deep breath, allow the criticism to come in and just see how I can adapt and maybe grow from that, not level up from that. <laughs> just right. grow. And, and it's funny because the two other two other ones is epic is another one and fired up is another one. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those words, mm-hmm. but they're becoming so used and so out of place and so out of context that they're getting diluted. And right. so everyone's like, oh, this is epic. You just ate a piece. You just ate an ice cream, or you yeah. just ate a banana. This is the most epic piece of pizza ever, man! Oh my exactly. god! I'm like, dude, it's pizza. Stop right. it! Right, and you shouldn't be eating delicious. it anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. So, let I, you know, one of my one of one of the things that I that I that I share with guys is is being more precise with the words that you use because the words that you use become the lens in which you view the world. Mm. And if there's no precision. In your words, there are no precision in your life. I like that. So, so someone's hearing this right now. I mean, this the last piece you just mentioned, precision. Um, can you can you get a little more granular on that? I mean, just to help some of these people might be hearing this right now, like, well, what does he mean by that? I mean, I got it, but yeah. what about some people that are newer? Right, they haven't gotten to this where you and I might be at yet. So, because I I like to use this more recently. I'm like, listen. What people have to realize is that, and the rabbi actually reinforced this. He said, we're not teaching anything new. He's like, this is what, he's like, in in all my years, he said, he said, listen, he's like, especially with joy and intimacy and love and romance, et cetera. He's like, the problem is this. It's been taught and retaught time and time over and over time. We just change the wording. We change how it's defined. But in the end, it's the same content. It's just we're adapting it to a new generation, new way of taught, you know, teaching, et cetera. He's like, the issue I have is that people are not are stopping the teaching. They're not passing on the information. So these newer generations coming up are ready to thrive and acquire this content, but they don't know how to. It's not being put simply. And he said, something as simple as intimacy has left so many people these days. He's like, they don't understand what true intimacy is. When you ask somebody, he actually here, you, you being married, you'll appreciate this. I want to vibe on this, this whole decisiveness, right? He said, I ask a gentleman what he loves. Why, why does he love his wife? And the guy responds with, oh, I love this about her and that about her. That He's like, okay, okay. But he's like, no, he's like, what do you truly, why, why do you truly love her? Like, what, what is it that's just, is, is it's her like your wife and he said well he's like you know i guess i also love this and this about her he's like okay we're not connecting he's like you keep saying about he's like that's all surface level stuff right going back to your point on david he's like strip that stuff away she could yes maybe you both love running strip that away maybe you both love kayaking strip that away maybe uh, you love the fact that she supports you in ultra marathons for example whatever it may be he's like these are abouts he's like you need the true depth, the intimacy, the, what do, what do you truly love you know, with her? And it was interesting. Like I'd never heard somebody put it that way. So I was, I was like, man, you're, you're dropping some bombs, man. I was like, I was not ready. So again, I'm not sure you're interested in the joy of intimacy. You might want to go listen to that episode because I, I'm, yeah. I was listening to it yesterday again. Cause I'm like, man, I'm, that, that guy's got some wisdom. <laughs> right. But I mean, let's think about this. Like you're a married man. I'm engaged. So does that connect with you? Do you, do you get what he's talking about? 
Yeah, I I I I understand one hundred percent what what you, at least the way you explained it. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, and you know somebody says, "What do you like? Why do you love your wife?" Mm-hmm. The truth is that you can't really put into words mm-hmm. the why, right? So it's more the connection that I have with her that allows me to know that the love is there and we want to foster that connection, that communication. Hmm. The things that we do or whether it's the running together, the experiences that we have only help to amplify that underlying connection. Nice. It's not... Because it's not those things. And that's actually a big problem now that you bring that up. Right. Because too many couples have been led to think that love is this feeling, this thing that it's like, oh, you're fluttery all the time and everything is perfect. Everything is good. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. In fact, in fact, if it is that, you haven't even you haven't even scratched the surface of love yet. Right. Because love is work. Love is hard. Love continues to challenge you. But In Arma- fact, when- Armando, man, everybody says when you find the right one, um, you know, it's not hard. It's it's easy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah that's all bullshit. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's, and again, it's what, what you're really choosing to focus on, mm. right? Because, and I say it's hard it's challenging, not because you're going to be disagreeing all the time, though you will be disagreeing, especially if you're growing. Mm-hmm. It's when you find someone that you love and loves you back, they will demand excellence. And excellence is difficult. And excellence is something that needs to be worked on and with your partner something that you guys need to grow with together. And it's something that is going to be hard because we don't like change. We do not like change, but change and really not change, but transformation is really where that process takes you through. Everybody looks at the end. Look at basic psychology, right? So the human brain naturally instantaneously is designed to respond and protect us. Right. Right. So as your point change, so if something drastic or sudden happens, we go in that flight or you know, the fight or flight mode, right? It's like, okay, you either stay and take risks or you run, right? So the na- it's a natural response every single time. And I mean, obviously through, like you and I have done, through adventure, through taking risks and embracing them, we start retraining our brain. Um, so like if an, aver- if an emergency situation happens now, I'm completely calm. I mean, two years ago, I was driving down the highway. I see a car flipped over on its roof. Like people were like running around trying to help them and everything else. I get out of the car. I just walk around the back of the car, grab my med kit out of the back of the car because I just I always have one on me, and I just walk over, pull out some rubber gloves. I'm like, hey guys, you might want to use these. I'm just standing there, and the guy's like, you're pretty calm, man. I'm like, well, it's not me in the car. Number one, number two, right. what's the point of getting freaked out and crazy? I was like, I was like, the, I was like, did somebody call nine one one? Great. Police are on the way. Paramedics are on the way. All we could do is stabilize the situation. Like I was calm. It was, <laughs> and I wasn't really trained to do that because I was a wildland guy, but it was interesting. Like I, I reflect back on that now and I'm like, huh, that came through 
experience, reprogramming the brain, learning not to freak Training. out, right? Training, yeah. right? Training. You what, and that's why like people, people talk about, it's 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 this dilemma that we're faced with because and you were talking about how do we connect with millennials the message to millennials and even actually to our generation has been seeking out the 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 easy life the mm -hmm. everything you know hey work on your own terms do this you know uh you know nobody wants to put in work everything automate everything and don't do anything like yeah uh, and I'm, I'm guilty of this i use the word maybe too much but i'm like it's the hacks right what are you going to do to hack life hack business right. hack entrepreneurship and right. it goes back to your point right i believe in the word hack when used in the right context right right <laughs> and, and, and so but th but think about this for a second because if you have that as the context for everything mm. When it comes time to do something difficult, you haven't put in the reps. Right. What makes training so effective is you put in the reps, the pain, the struggle, pushing against resistance so that when it's time to perform, you're ready. But that doesn't happen if you don't feel it beforehand because you haven't trained your mind, your brain, your body, everything to, to actually get it done. So it's interesting. So. And I love the I love your hit on this because I'm a health and fitness nut, right? So uh, I had to put in the reps to figure out how to become. A, I couldn't just show up and become a wildland firefighter, right? Um, I couldn't show up and just all of a sudden become. I'm a CFL one CrossFit coach. I had to go and I didn't just say, you know, what, I'm gonna become CrossFit and I'll become a CrossFit coach. Which I've met people in those training certification courses and they were brand new to the sport of, of fitness. And I'm like, and they're trying to become a CrossFit coach. I'm like, listen, I'm glad you're here to learn to become a CrossFit coach, but you haven't even done it yet. Like, dude, right. if you leave this class and pass the knowledge, that does not mean you're worthy to go out and teach it and coach others. You haven't put in the reps. I mean, is that something, something like, actually, I'm do some screen sharing here for a video feed. Is that something you do on your virtual summit? Because I saw that when I was digging into your background, your site, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, obviously his brand is his name. It's ArmandoCruz.com with a Z. But is that something you guys do at your virtual summit? Like yeah, helping virtual... people put in those reps. Yeah. Well, the summit itself was, uh, was a series of, um, of 20 experts from across the world. Okay. Um, that we had, there were coaches, uh, investors in different areas of our life that would help men show up powerfully in these areas, whether it was investing their business, their marriage, their intimacy, nice. uh, building tribes, all these uh, different things that that would actually help men show up in their life a little bit better. But showing right? those, so, sharing those examples from each of those people right. is also would that, would you say that counts as a rep, right? Like, because you're okay, great. I'm I'm learning. Oh, dude, you had John Spencer Ellis on. I've had him on here. I didn't even see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is an awesome you know, guy. Yeah, John is great. John is great. You know, I, I would say no. To be honest, I would say those aren't the reps. Okay, that's exposing you to the people that can help you um, move in the direction to do the reps in. In other words, if you want to get better at events at investing in real estate, maybe you want to do wholesaling or something like that. Mm -hmm. Talk to, to Alex Pardo. That's what he does with his business. If you want to get better at storytelling, uh, Andy Enriquez, amazing, right? True. He can teach you the direction in which to put in the reps. Um, actually, uh, not. This is a good transition, but in talking about legacy in my book, 
Yeah. We have this th- this process that Set I take right you. here. Boom. Yeah. We we take we take you through this process where it's you have to have the awareness, right? So you have to understand what it is what is legacy, but then you have to have the vision. And the vision is really kind of what is that big thing that you want to hit? What is that big thing you want to become or want to achieve? What is that legacy that you want? Then you have to have the purpose, which is the engine that will drive you. And then the process. Okay. The process is the blueprint. And the fifth and final step is the implementation. That's where you put in the reps. But if you just start doing reps without a clear vision, without that driving factor, without the blueprint to actually get you there, what ends up happening is that you do a few reps, but there's no purpose to them. And you see no progress because you don't know what progress looks like because you don't even know where you're going. So not to get off of legacy code, because this is, this is the fuel legacy code, but at the bottom of your new book, you have right there your name and you have the creator of the rich man experience and fire adventure. And obviously rich is an acronym, R-I-C-H. So before creating legacy code, I'm guessing that was just one example, right? The rich component of putting together a program, a foundation, a way or a system to get people to put in their reps. Could you explain that a little bit better? Because I don't know about the rich man experience. Sure. Let, let me, you mind if I share a quick uh, background story in that just to make that Dude, connection? Let's rock out, man. Cause you're teaching me. I, I mean, I, I obviously, I can't like, to your point, I'm not actually putting in the reps, but I need to be influenced so I could put in the reps. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So about four and a half years ago, um, you had mentioned, so I have a studio in, in Miami been doing, uh, fitness and physical therapy in our un- in our own unique way, right? Like I'm the only physical therapist that yeah, guarantees you, your bio. You call your you, you basically reference um oh god yeah life, the, the, the lifestyle, lifestyle physical therapist. I like that. Right. Yeah. And I'm the only one that'll give you a, a guarantee. I'll fix you in five sessions or less, or your money back. Nobody else will say that. <laughs> wow. Or give you your money back, right? So, yeah. anyways, so I've been doing that for since 2005, and about four and a half years ago, something happened in my brain or my life that I felt like I was being trapped by my business. Maybe if you're listening to this, you've ever been in a position where you feel held down by your circumstances, maybe your job, maybe your relationship, like almost like an anchor that's pulling you down and drowning. Yeah. And you you feel, you feel stalled. Exactly. And that's where I found myself. But what made matters worse was who was I going to share that with? Because from the outside, I had a successful business. My marriage was great. I was healthy. I had great kids. I had a nice car. I had everything you were supposed to have. So what was I going to, who, who was I going to say to, oh, you know, I don't feel right. You're like, really? You don't feel right? And you have all of this and you had this life? So I had this really dark decline, if you want to call it, that I really started pushing away clients. I sent our business into almost bankruptcy. My wife was pregnant with our third child and I was really lost. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was like, I really don't know what I'm going to, to do here. Um, We were starting to not be able to pay our bills because that's how it was impacting your productivity. Yeah. 
anyways, my, I had one of my coaches reach out to me and he said, listen, I have a, I have a retreat in Thailand that I think you would really benefit from. This just came from one of your coaches. Like, yeah. well, uh, like, like a mentor on oh, your team. I was mentor yours. Thank you. That's a good clarifier. Yeah. Like, is it one of your coaches to work with you or is it one of your yeah. mentors? Okay. Yeah. One of my mentors wouldn't. So he reached out to me. He said that I looked it over and I was like, yep, this is definitely where I need to be. I tell my wife and we definitely cannot afford this. Hmm. And I would be gone for 12 days. Wow. And it was during the time when the baby possibly would be born. Wow. So <laughs> add all of those together. And I'm trying to explain this to my pregnant wife. And this is what I call like probably one of the, the moments in my life where I got to witness the greatest amount of courage because she looked at me and she asked me point blank. She said, do you think that this can help you get out of this? Because I can't help you anymore. I don't know how to help you. Mm. And I said, yes. And she goes, well, then you need to do this, but not for you, but for us, for your kids, because we, I need you to be the husband, the father, the man that I know you to be, not just stick around there. And to me, that's probably one of the most gut-wrenching things that I've ever experienced because I put my family through that. I don't know what was wrong with my mind. But I was in a really dark place. It's interesting. I mean, not to throw up your story, but I'm hearing that. I don't know when I, if I was you, I'm hearing that. It's like, wow. I I immediately maybe this is my own per personal manifestation because I'm like, man, you, you're. She doesn't want somebody that's just going to go through the motions, right? Like, yes, yeah, so I'm the husband and the father. That's a job title. It's much more than that. She needs right. much more than that. You guys all right. deserve much more than that. And I realized that with my fiance too, like ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this, like you can always get another boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, husband, wife, right? Like, so if you're going to get into this, you got to be all in. And right. I, she was definitely all in with you, man. If she was willing to say, <laughs> yeah, you need to do this, go. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, she said, she looked at me, she said, and she's like, when she said that, she's like, look, I want you to be there in the birth, but I'd rather you miss the birth and be present and be the man, the husband, the father that I know you to be for the rest of our lives, then be here and be not here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that to me, like, just was a gut check. And I was like, like, now I know I have to do this. And we figured it out. You know, we figured it out, uh, <laughs> credit cards, and we did what we had to do. Um, I went over there and I realized that there was nothing wrong with my business. It was actually serving in the way that I wanted to. But what I did have the, the space and the clarity around was how I wanted to continue to serve from then on out. Hmm. And that's where I created the rich man experience. Because what I realized was that understanding and having a compass. I don't know if you've ever used a compass. I presume if you've been out there, you, you know how to use oh, a compass. Oh, we had to. Compasses and topographical maps because batteries die, so you can't depend on technology. Exactly. So um, your values become your compass hmm. in life because they help point the direction in which you need to go. But as you know, a compass, while not completely useless, is not very 
effective if you don't have a map to go with it or becomes True. significantly more if you have the right map by the way you have to oh, have yeah. the right map dude a compass is great and that's why a quick plug to the inventor whoever invented topographical maps but <laughs> great i know that if i head back east because that, that was the direction i'm hiking that's wonderful but if you're off trail in the middle of nowhere if you had a topographical map and you know you're about to possibly drop in on a ravine you might not want to be there <laughs> i mean there's it, I, I see your point, man. It's like, it, it's so, so much more than having direction. Right. So you have to have the direction, but then what is the map? Hmm. The map becomes, those are your beliefs and getting clear on what your values are and what your beliefs are. I really started getting understanding the balance between the two and the impact that they have on everything that we do. So what I did was I created a program that I wish I had hmm. when I was going through this as a married man, as a father, as an entrepreneur, as someone who was constantly looking for growth, because I didn't find it out there the way I wanted it, that spoke to me, that's what I created. And so to, to your point, what RICH stands for is a value system. It's a compass to help men show up more powerfully and purposefully in their life. And it stands for RICH, stands for respected, inspired, connected, and happy. So respected, inspired, connected, and happy. I think the last piece is, the happy piece is very interesting, right? Because everybody says, oh, well, as long as you're happy in life, everything else Mm. is fine. I'm like, well, how do you define that, right? Right. (laughs) Everybody wants to be happy. Yeah, and and that's that's a good point. If you want, we can kind of go into that, the difference between happiness versus uh immediate gratification right not the same thing because to be truly happy we're looking at a bigger picture not just the immediate and a lot of times people think oh because this is the 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 mentality that we've been brainwashed with is that instant satisfaction oh you got to be happy oh this makes you uncomfortable you don't have to do that Oh, somebody, somebody, somebody you don't like uh, said something you don't like. Oh, you know what? Screw them. No, you know what? We're, we are a unit of people and we need to learn how to communicate. We also need to be able to be uncomfortable because in that discomfort is where you find the clarity. Mm -hmm. That's where the heat comes. That's where the diamonds are made. Preach That's- that again. I, I love that. Where the discomfort is, ladies and gentlemen, he's he's nailing it on the head. You got to get uncomfortable. It, it that's one thing I realize. Like in life, if if I start getting too comfortable nowadays, I don't I don't freak out. But I'm like I, I I will take a step back. I will assess what's happening. And some people are like, what do you mean by that? Like, don't you want to be comfortable? Like, you want to have like you you hinted right. You have the job, the car, the family, blah blah. blah. I'm like, right. yeah, but. How are you defining comfortable? Like, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to right. eventually, because eventually that might be fine for right now. But as you just hinted at, right, we'll talk about the long haul here. I mean, we'll talk about a life, your lifestyle. Right. I love putting myself into situations that freak out most people because right. it reminds me that I'm alive and I can still learn new things and I can get out of my comfort zone. So I'm loving that you're hitting on this. And just just to tie that in, actually, wait, before I jump in there, because I always forget to tell this part of the story, I did make it back 
I did not miss the birth of my son. Oh, timing was and, everything. Yeah, yeah, he was born three days later, so that all worked out. Nice. But, um, yeah, because I've said this before, and then I actually get people, what happened with it? Did you make it back? And people are freaking <laughs> out, and it's like, I, I know it's good to leave open loops from a marketing perspective, but this one drives people crazy, so I like to close it yeah. when I remember to share it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But so you, also the universe provides, right? Maybe you, everything was supposed to happen. It, everything worked out. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. I'm a much better person for it. I'm able to serve people on a deeper level, help families, help communities much better because these men are showing up more powerfully in their marriage, in their family's life, in their community as a result of this work that they're doing, right? I'm not doing it to them. No. I am facilitating and helping them gain clarity where there's struggle and obstruction to help them move along this path. Yeah, to you're help you're them serving as a vehicle. Right. Yeah. I'm there to help remove layers yep. so that they can see what they so that they can see what they can't see just yet. Right? Because perspective is everything. Because if you think, oh, I'm I'm awesome, think about the best athletes in the world. They all have coaches. Why? Because a coach will always have a perspective that no matter how good you are, you will never see because you are in the game. Mm -hmm. And being in the game has a different perspective than being outside of the game. And to say it a little bit different, you can't see the picture if you're in the frame. True. Right? So you need to step away and you can't do that to yourself all the time. And having that person from the outside shares a perspective that could be highly valuable if you have the right person, by the way, not just anyone, because everybody has an opinion, but that's very different than coaching. I definitely agree with everybody. that. <laughs> everybody, everybody, think, everybody thinks they're a coach. <sighs> right. I'm not going to get into that one. That's a whole other okay. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, and to get to your point about the, the discomfort, people always talk to me and they're like, I just recently went, it was uh, 30 some miles through the swamp. Like if you look at my Instagram and my, my Facebook, I have, I have videos and pictures. I was there for, for eight and a half hours going through the swamps and, you know, you know, traversing uh, this section. People are like, why do you do like people say, they think about it like, Oh, this is something that you like because it's what you, it's what you like. The most people say, Oh, I don't like that. I don't like being uncomfortable out there. And the misconception is, is that I'm comfortable <laughs> when in reality I sleep horrible. I'm sweaty, nasty, dirty. And I would much rather sleep in my bed next to my wife and be clean. But the reason I do those things is to put myself in positions that help me appreciate all the other ones is to help me kind of get through that difficulty as opposed to, Oh yeah, look, there you go. Look, there's a water. That's a water moccasin. I was going to say you were up close and personal on that shot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a water I'm, just, I'm just sharing his Instagram feed. Uh, FYI, he's uh, at a cruise and then a number three. So a C R U Z three, all this stuff will be linked in the show notes. Like we always do on the website, but uh, yeah, you got some really cool job. Uh, I don't want to call them. Yeah, that's definitely swamp. <laughs> yeah, Pineland. There's a there's a quick. That was a video. trail. Yeah, that, look, that's a trail right there. Click on that. Hold on a second. Hold on. This little video here. 
Yeah, that's a, click there's on that. water on that. That's a trail? That's the trail. So imagine that and water moccasins and gators. So you can't hear the water, but our our, <laughs> our viewers will be able to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man. Like you're probably in at least six inches of water there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's swamp life, baby. You should be a you should, there you go, hashtag swamp life. Oh there you go, you have a trail marker. Okay. So that's like how hiking good. on the yeah. Appala hike Appalachian Trail. And they have white marks on the trees, so you've got you've right. got your orange or red looks like. But yeah, the Florida that's part of the Florida Trail. Okay, it, it's an orange blaze. Actually, the, the that's 2022. That's the big. Uh, that's our big family goal. 2022. My youngest will be eight. My oldest will be 13. And we're looking to hike uh, the Appalach through hike the Appalachian Trail. Nice as a family. Wow, as a family? I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of that being done. Yeah, there are a few families that have done it. That's okay. a like a little racer snake, I think. Yeah. You got that's a lot of good shots. This is cool. I'll to I gotta follow you. Oh. There you go. <laughs> follow achieved. Um follow this is cool. I love it. it's that's the cool thing about Instagram. I mean, again, it's not it doesn't give you the real experience, but at least it shows people like, Hey, I'm actually doing these things. Like I don't I don't this isn't photoshopped. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, I, and I, and I share a lot of different things. Like yesterday I, sh I shared a picture of a, of a stool that I reupholstered. I learned how to upholster a stool. There you go. And you know, I, I, I think understanding and, and gaining skills and independence only gives you more confidence into more arenas, which makes you more, I don't know, uh, <laughs> I think it goes Adapt back to, to advancing. Uh, it just goes back to independence in general, or, or if nothing else, uh, hell, building self confidence, building right. uh, awareness, the fact that you can be resilient and you can work through things. And I think a lot of times people do try and take the easy route, and right. they don't realize that if you just take a deep breath, slow down, and try and figure it out, maybe it takes five minutes, right? But instead, a lot of people just freak out and say, "Oh, I can't figure this out." I'm just going to call somebody like, just take five minutes and think about it. <laughs> as long as it's not a life or death situation, that's different. Right. Right. And, and by the way, like uh, these all, I understand. I have them in context, right? So now I'm married, I have kids. So the level of risk that I take is a lot less. Mm -hmm. That may seem very risky, but I knew where I was going through there. I had been through there before, um, you know, there are swamp, there are, there are snakes, there are gators, but most times they're not there. No, like they're not around. Um, have you seen them? Yeah, most of the times they, I mean, I'm gonna say most of the times because I'm sure there'll be that one time, but most of the times they, they don't do anything to you. Hmm. They just, you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone kind of thing. If you don't understand certain things, then it seems a lot riskier than understanding the context for which they are. I'm not gonna go handle any of them. Because I don't feel comfortable. I don't know enough about snakes, though I'm trying to learn a little bit more so that I have less fear. Because to me, a snake is a snake, and all of them will kill you. You know what I'm saying? But as I've, if you know, as my as my kids grow older and they have, they have that they don't have those filters that we have as an adults, and so they want to touch things. They want to. I have to educate myself. Okay, well, is this really something that is? dangerous or is it because it's a fear that was instilled in me right you know so i've had to educate myself since i like being outside 
with more of these things. And it's an ongoing process. Well, I think everything, I think that's a great lesson as, as we're getting, because we've, we've been on for a little while. We're going to eventually bring this show to a close. But I mean, I love this energy. And I love this content. But it's like, guys, like he just hit another nail on the head. It's like we hinted at it before. It's putting in the reps. It's putting in the work. But also realizing that the work is never going to stop. It shouldn't, right? It's just going to manifest to a new level. And we're not talking about leveling up. <laughs> just say we're manifesting to a new level, a new chapter of life. The work should not ever stop. It just changes, right? Like I, I was a spinning instructor years ago, and then as a free, as one of my part-time jobs when I was working my corporate gig, that was my life balance, right? Then you know I got into endurance cycling. I do you know centuries, hundred milers, and stuff like that. And some people still think that's weird. Um, you know then then I you know changed everything and and went did the firefighting thing, and then became a CrossFit coach in my free time, and uh, you know all of these things. It's just keep challenging yourself that's what i'm hearing from you right it's like right. that's what we should be doing in life <laughs> right. like we, this happened last night we were at dinner you'll appreciate this and friends of ours want, want my want my fiance and i to come in and they, they, they were teachers at a charter school well actually one is a counselor and the other one's a teacher and they said listen we want you to come in and speak and i do a lot of public speaking so i'm like sure anytime anywhere my fiance is like no i don't like speaking <laughs> and, and but she's a she's an equine horse vet she is also a doctor of chiropractic for large animals. And I was like, baby, I was like, you have such a unique background. You might right. inspire others to do what you're doing. And she's like, no, I hate what I do. I'm like, okay, there's a love-hate relationship there, right? Like, I know it's not an easy job. I found out that veterinary medicine actually has a very high rate of suicide. Not to bring this podcast down, but it's like I, something, <laughs> something that I, I realized, I'm like, okay, I need to be there for her and help her balance her life because that's not an easy thing that she's doing, possibly having to put down someone's loved horse one day or right. you know, constantly sh that life and death struggle to save lives or animals. It's, it's a crazy thing. I can't begin to fathom that. But I also told him, like, in the end, like, you're doing something that might inspire somebody else, right, to think right. differently and do something differently. And I think that's something that we should all – in life aspire to do not everybody needs to be a natural public speaker but i think each of us need to be reminded that when you put in enough reps in life and do enough things and take enough challenges that you can be giving back and inspiring and motivating others and that's what you're doing here that's what i i'm taking out of armando cruz <laughs> and i love the fact you put together programs too right actually to your point um i think too often and it's easy to see the big things right mm -hmm. too often we see you know, whether, you know, you went and you, you cycled a hundred miles or I went across the swamps or I ran 50 yeah. miles or I did this. People, people make assumptions based off the end. They don't see the reps in there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is it was actually, I'll tell you right now, cause I have it right here. Um, I've been tracking it. So for the past for the past 635 days today to the date, I haven't missed a day. I've been doing six things every single day, hmm. every single day without missing a day. I've been meditating. Okay. I do at least 10 minutes of, of movement. I call it movement and movement. The way I define it is moving in your body in a way that heals, energizes, or excites. That could be going out for a run. That could be going out for a walk. That could be doing some stretching for yoga. And, and I, there's a point to all of this, right? Um, the other ones are reading five pages in a book, 
writing 50 words in an, like a post or an article, making a video every day and reaching out to three people. Now, these were all six habits that I decided that I wanted to do to help me grow as a person. Now, what came as a result of me doing those? The meditation has opened the door for me to be more peaceful, improve my prayer life. I've delved into to, to been more active in my church as a result of creating that space of reflection or the school of silence, so to speak, <laughs> okay? Or the classroom of silence. The second one, 10 minutes of movement. Well, that originally started was to help me stay consistent because I'd go and I'd start doing, you know, I, one day I'd go and I'd run for three hours or, and then I wouldn't do it for two weeks. And then I'd lift for two or three days and then I wouldn't do it for like another week. Hmm. And I was like, man, I need more consistency. So I, I created all these miniature habits based off one rule. What can you do even on your worst day? Very right? true. So, um, so that opened the door for me right now. I'm at 245 days that I haven't missed a day of running. Nice. Right. But that didn't start. And that originally started as 30 minutes every day for the five weeks. And every five weeks I would increase to 15 minutes and I got all the way to two hours. So I ran for two hours every single day for 35 days. Now I just came back to 30 minutes. I'm going to start the cycle over again. There you go. Right. Um, what else? The video every day. That's my stage. That's how I practice how to speak. People tell me, oh, you're such a natural public speaker. No, I'm not a natural public speaker. I've been in front of a camera every single day for 600 and some days without missing a day, practicing, putting in my reps. The, the 50 words. 50 words doesn't seem a lot. That's a post on, on Facebook. That's a post on whatever. A lot of people don't even it, count how many words they type. <laughs> right. Well, I'm saying like, it, these That's are good. minimums. They're all minimums. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have written the book. The book came as a result of putting in the habits for a year before I was doing that. And then Jan uh, January of 2017, I started writing the book. I, I'm sharing these because people think it's these big things. No, you're inspiring me, man. Cause I, I, everybody keeps telling me I got to write a book about the firefighting transition in life. And I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. And it's like, you got to start putting the reps, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in. Cause writing is difficult for me. And it is here. Like, I, 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 I listen to audiobooks. I, it's hard for me to sit down and physically read because uh, I travel so much. So I've, I've had, I've adapted and I love doing auditory. And I love podcasting, but now it's like, oh, now I got to find time to also potentially start writing. <laughs> you know, so here's the thing. It's not that you have to, but when you realize that it becomes an asset in your arsenal, hmm. it, it may help, right? So writing is more difficult. I'd rather speak it. I'd rather, you Same know, here. I'd rather be in front of a video or, or audio because it just, it flows out of my head easier. What I found was, getting uncomfortable, putting in the resistance in writing gave me more clarity mentally because I had to go through the work of trying to be clear to bring it from whatever is flowing up in here and actually translate that to words that I have to put on paper. 
And that all of a sudden shifted my whole perspective. I almost, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you hear my accent, uh, it's the Miami accent, mm -hmm. but I've been, I, I, <laughs> I, I almost failed English and literature. I just didn't get it. I didn't vibe with it. I didn't read a book until, until I was in my junior year in high school when I had a teacher that inspired me to start reading. Wow. But I didn't read all throughout college. I would just, I would take a lot of notes, but I didn't read any textbook hmm. in college. Not one, not one. So weren't you, weren't you a 4.0 student? Yeah, but I listened. <laughs> I was at every class. I was, I, that's one thing. Because you hinted earlier in this show, you're a kinesthetic learner, right? I talk right. about that. There's, right. there's the VAC method, the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm a kinesthetic. Uh, I need to be experienced in there. So I would ask, I was the guy in front asking like a million questions. Yep, that's because me. Because I needed to understand yeah, right. we, yeah, you and I probably never got uh, critiqued on lack of classroom participation. Participation, exactly. <laughs> I was again in the front, hands up. Yeah, I wanted to know. Yeah, I wanted to know. I'm vibing with you, man. I love it. <laughs> so again, the whole point of this is the reps don't take such a big step. Sometimes, and if you've ever done an ultra marathon, you'll understand this very clearly the biggest step you can take sometimes is a shuffle, mm -hmm. right? Because the pain is so much, you're hurting so much, but as long as you're advancing a little bit forward, you're still progressing. You're still going faster. You're still moving than if you were standing still. I'll connect with you on that, my friend. I mean, uh, back in 2008, I ran my first marathon. It was the People's Marathon, the Marine Corps Marathon, Washington, D.C. No running background at all did not train properly to the point where i even injured my it band before even being able to do that race and but I, I ended up getting healed up enough and we did it but at one point in that race i was in pain and I, I, <laughs> let's be real no run i never ran a 5k and i'm running freaking 26.2 miles what the heck right getting out of your comfort zone and i made the mistake or the i should say the learning lesson to not come to a stop and I came to a stop mm. and then trying to get going again. Oh my God. I, it was more painful to get that mo something going, even if it was just a shuffle. And I, I, I that was one of the biggest takeaways I took from that event was like, you just got to keep moving, man. Just one foot right. in front of the other. Even if it's a shuffle, uh, start alternating paces, whatever, but like, don't stop. <laughs> that was the <laughs> biggest thing that I took away from that event. A lot, a lot of other things too, but I just remember how painful it was to try and get going again. And it was brutal, but I was not going to quit. So it's interesting that you're talking about that right now. Yeah. Uh, granted, that's not an ultra marathon. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, it's the same exact thing. You know, I, I had, I had the, I had a similar experience with my, with the first time I did a 50 miler. I had been saying I was going to do one. I was going to say I was going to do it. My, my training wasn't there. I, I would keep being un consistent or inconsistent with my training and one day i said it was it was uh it was two weeks before my birthday uh that i decided to do this 50 mile race it was on my birthday actually and i hadn't trained i ran in college but this was many years after and i decided that i would do it and i said okay well at the very least i got to think about this like disney world you come out exhausted, but you're walking the entire day if you go to Disney World. And this could be the same thing. 
at the very least, you can walk. There you go. So that's what I put in my head. And of course, I got to the starting line. I look to my left. I look to my right. Everybody's there. The gun goes off, and I take off with the front pack. It's very Not competitive. You can't help. It's right. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. So I, I, I am, but it, the story gets better. So I am in the front pack with about seven guys, actually seven guys and probably like one girl, which she came in second overall. She's a badass. She has one of the world records for, for a 24 hour race. Anyways, nice. but anyways, so we're running together. And in this case, it's different than a marathon. A marathon, they have the water stations like every mile. Oh, yeah. You don't really have to carry anything. Here, you do have to carry um, because they're so spread. Like every four four to seven miles is is the- It's like, a true endurance training event. Right. So anyways, I, I stop at this water station. I fill up and we're about 10 miles in and I'm completely full with everything. And everybody stops at this one station. Like everybody stops. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't need to stop. So my cross-country mindset goes into effect like an animal. I just take off while everybody's getting all their stuff. And I'm in the trails, and it's closed in. And I'm like, in, in cross-country, it's like, if you can go out of sight, out of mind, people forget, and they leave you because they forget that people are there. They can't see you, so they can't gauge what's the distance. Right. So at this point, remember, this is 50 miles. We were running like maybe... I would say eight or nine minute pace. Okay. Which that's, was very relaxed for yeah, me. Yeah, that's good. Smooth. At this point, 10 miles into it, I decide I'm going to, I'm going to win the race now and see, hopefully nobody will remember that I'm there. So I take off and I'm running sub seven minute pace. I'm running six something now through the trails. There's, but the most that I have run up to this point leading up to this race is 60 minutes. So I'm already training. past my threshold in the training. And I did that two times leading up to that. I get to mile 19 and I'm cramping up. I am hobbling at this point and the whole group passes me. Yep. And I just can't do anything at that point. So for the next 30 miles, I am in, my legs are seized up. My calves are seized up. I'm trying to run, walk. I was in so much pain, but I finished. Mm-hmm. The, the point is, is that lessons learned on that one. Yeah. The point is sometimes, sometimes you do things, even if you're not ready, but when you train and you put in the reps, your proficiency at doing those things improves. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean you're not going to be in pain. It's just, you're going to be in pain for possibly less time because you're going to be out there for less time. Yeah, so in other words, you've learned other things along the way. There's, it's not just yeah. the physical, it's the mental as well. Yeah, for sure. I does that, that, I mean, does that resonate? Oh, it's resonating, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I've, I've done that where, because I've done so many hundred mile bike rides. Like last year I went out and did one and I was like, I didn't train like I normally did. I, oh, I got muscle memory. I'll be fine. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I, I was hurting a little bit. I mean, a little, a little pride on that one. <laughs> Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget your training. Don't forget your training. Exactly. Uh, it was, it was, I, I wanted to kick my own ass after that, actually. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes we are our own worst critics, um, to, to a positive, but also to a fault. So, um, you, you got to amplify the things to help, to help use them as strengths mm -hmm. when they need to be as strength and be willing to be humble enough to know when they're not. 
Yes. <laughs> True wisdom right there, actually. That was great. So, well, listen, we got to start bringing this show to a close. We've been on for a while. Um, man, you got you got a lot of power to drop. I love it. Uh, it's been great having you on. And something I do, which if you listen to obviously, obviously to Hillary's episodes, we I you've had so much great wisdom I already share on this show. But is there, because now we're in 2018 when we're recording this, is there... For our final words of our show, I like to honor the co-host, let you guys close it out. Is there a all-encompassing thing right now over everything that you've already done, but also where you're going, that you're just trying to leave behind now with this new book, Legacy Code? And obviously, again, ladies and gentlemen, you can actually go to actual LegacyCodeBook.com directly, not just, you know, ArmandoCruz.com. So you can go right to LegacyCodeBook.com, check it out, and score it on Amazon today. Uh, but is there anything else that you recommend that, or any final words that you want to leave behind for our audience? Um, if they forget everything else you've already shared with us today. Be curious, right? If you're curious, you never stop searching. You never stop seeking what's around the next corner. And I'm not saying that from the perspective of, um, that you, that you're not happy with where you are. Be curious to be excited, to immerse yourself in life. And you're going to, it's, you're going to see that it's going to take you a lot further. Too many people try to force things, but if you're curious about what's around the next corner, it's not because you're going to gain something, but it's because it's, it's there that in and of itself, that discovery in and of itself will be an asset to your life and the way you think and the way you move and the way you experience the rest of your life because of curiosity. So that would be my parting words. I love it. Listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, he said it best, two big words right there. Be curious. But seriously, check him out at ArmandoCruz.com. Definitely check out the book at thelegacycodebook.com. Again, all of this stuff, all of his social media profiles will be linked in the show notes on, on livethefuel.com. That way you guys can easily click, like, follow, uh, cyberstalk him. Uh, he's got a really fun Instagram feed, so you can really uh, check that out as well. But again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to another Live the Fuel podcast show. Uh, that is my coonhound howling in the background if he comes through at the end because Calvin stayed quiet this entire time. Thank you for listening in, Armando. Shout out to your love, man. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You too can live the fuel. Talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show 
just quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight, or improve your athletic performance. Or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Eat Pilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com. Click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So Feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle-directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember, podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace, obviously, a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, uh, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.